You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Hey, we're the Fantasy Joes. What's going on? I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood, joining you from just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Joining us from North Carolina, the one and only Trey Barrett. Trey, what's going on, man? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. I didn't really watch a single down of uh, NFL football in week two, and so I decided to make up for it and put on a, a few snaps of uh, a live football tonight, this Titans-Jaguars uh, barn burner. So, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, three, <laughs> I'm three, three plays in, and I'm already regretting it, but that's all right. That's all right. Happy to be chatting with you guys tonight. And we got from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood. You guys remember when I made that deal? And I was like, this is actually a DJ Chark deal. That is turning up positive, boys. Boys, boys. I, I was so excited that when I was setting lineups today where I was, I was looking at, not that I, this team is a contender, but in Konami Code, I'm like, oh, yeah, I picked him up off waivers for a dollar. So, uh, you know, it was nice to, to plug him into my lineup. At least I've got him someplace. So, guys, let's start the show with a couple of things, uh, a small announcement and a big announcement. So, first of all, we haven't talked about this as a group, but I suggested that we start releasing the show on Fridays as opposed to Thursdays for all kinds of reasons. Still record on Wednesday night, uh, but do a little editing, polishing, if you will and then put the show out Friday. I don't think there were any objections, but we have a much bigger announcement than that. And for this, I'm going to turn it over to Trey. So Trey, what's, what's up, man? Well, I know this, you know, Will and Ryan know about this. I, I talked to them about this earlier this week and uh, I'm not going to go into a ton of details, but uh, I do want to start off by saying that um, I've, I've really greatly enjoyed our time together here. Um, as the Fantasy Joes recording with you guys every week. You know, it's been a two-year run, right? We've, we've just gotten over 100 episodes and doing this pretty much every week for the last two years has been a blast. And uh, everything's totally fine with me. I, I'm, I'm doing great. My family's great. There's no major issues. But I made the decision uh, over the past few weeks to, to step away from the Fantasy Joes podcast. And I don't think it's going to be a permanent fixture I, I I don't think that I'm never going to be back that's that's what I should should say I don't know that I'll be back in a you know week in and week out capacity again but um, I, I do intend to stop back by occasionally and, and pop in and and chat with the guys but uh, this will be my last episode as far as you know week in and week out recording just a uh, lot of stuff going on man work is a lot of a lot of things happening at work, and I'm um, you know, and have been in grad school for the last year and a half part time. Uh, my my boys are, you know, getting to the age where they're starting to get involved in a bunch of things, and just you know, really involved with church stuff, and and you know, just finding a, a big squeeze for my time. And so, I've as I mentioned earlier, I, I've also become a lot less engaged in you know just consuming uh, NFL and sports in general. So just makes a lot of sense for me right now to step away and was it was a tough decision I've been kind of struggling with it for the past I'd say probably six or eight weeks and, and so finally just decided I thought it was the right decision so um, that's it man that's the got the Debbie Downer start to the show so it can wah, only go up from wah. here it can, can, <laughs> can only get better from here yeah so well I'll turn over to you just a second we, we've Will and I've known about this for for a little while now and um 
just try just to say that the you know we 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 love you and this has been awesome us doing this together and it's not not going to quite be the same without you but as as you've said you're not totally going away i'm going to force you to come back at least every once in a while and record with us um but uh, you know we, we we love you and we respect your decision and, and you're awesome and and the joes are still going to go on it's not going to be quite the same but will and i are going to keep going on we're going to yeah. probably bring in more guests to to fill in some gaps you know and and uh um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fine, but, but we're definitely going to miss you big time. Yeah. And I'll have to say that, you know, this, you know, not, not to get real philosophical and, and warm and fuzzy, but you know, this, <laughs> this, this venture has, has, has become much more than I ever expected it to be. I, I'll have to say, I probably went in with very, very minimal expectations. I think the first, you know, few times that we got together in chat and, and recorded, like I never really envisioned, having a Twitter presence or, or, you know, having Patreon supporters or any of those types of things. And, and I certainly didn't expect to become, you know, as good of friends, get to the point where I considered you guys close friends, like, like I, we have. Um, and, and so obviously, you know, that, I think that's what I'm going to miss the most is the camaraderie and, and the, you know, for, for as much interaction and, and, you know, debate and fun and inside jokes and whatnot that we share, with what's recorded and shared with, with our listeners, you know, there's, there's a ton of interaction that takes place between the Voxer chat and, and record stuff before and after we record. And um, so I do genuinely consider you guys friends and, and, and I will certainly miss this uh, probably in, you know, two or three weeks we'll think, man, what, what was I thinking? That was a terrible decision. So, uh, but I, but I am excited about having the opportunity to come back occasionally and, and, and get my fix because I'm sure I'm going to miss it. And, and you guys are, you guys are incredible. And I, I look forward to, you know, uh, continuing to listen to the show. So, um, you know, I think all, all there's a season for everything and, and all good things eventually kind of come to an end. And so for me, it's just a, a, a step in the right direction as far as continuing to keep the, my family and stuff that's going on. Um, as far as, you know, being, being present with my wife and my kids and, you know, keeping all that in, in perspective. So, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, having a break, but also I'm, I'll be, I'll be Jones in to come back. You'll be Joe's in to come back. That's, 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 that's my fancy Joe. That's my Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Will, you have any, any thoughts, uh, or shall we – you want to move on to football? Oh, no. Uh, I mean, I'll just ex- express them personally. Uh, publicly, though, I mean, I, who's Trey? I don't know who he is anymore. <laughs> You're ghosting him and everything. Is that the, no, term? Is that the term humor, the kids use? Humor and separation is the only way to deal with pain, so. Yeah. Yo. All right, well – you know, Trey, you could have picked a better night to, to leave the Fancy Joes because you you left during this thrilling football game we're watching. We don't usually watch the Thursday night game when we're recording, but we are tonight. And it's kind of um, – I don't know if it's reflective of the 2019 season so far, but one of the things we're going to talk about tonight, and, and Will's got some stats to talk about this, is the oddness we feel about this season. It just doesn't feel quite right. Some performances that we expected from certain players you haven't seen – um, and then you've got DJ Chark that is the, um, you know, he's a wide receiver one at this point, he, he, you know, going into the night he was and leaving the night he's going to be apparently too. So well, it's crazy. He might be the number one scoring wide receiver, uh, just total points. 
Yeah. And, and then, you know, at the same time, Leonard Fournette, every time I look at the screen is going backwards, negative four yards. So, Will, you, you did a little study and you looked at some numbers of, of, you know, basically the first two weeks of 2018 and, and who was on the list versus the first two weeks of 2019. And um, you look at 2018 and that it, it make, makes sense. You could have almost predicted it, but you look at 2019. It's, it's interesting. It's weird. It's weird. So you want to talk about that list or any I, takeaways from it? Uh, the, the number one thing that I've learned this year is that we're all, we're all too smart for, for ourselves uh, when it comes to fantasy analysis and thinking that we can decide what this high variance game can do and that things were going to go poorly for rookie wide receivers. We knew how, how offenses were going to act and behave coming into this. And I'm just, uh, I actually am really enjoying this. I know, I know it's just crazy. And I pulled up the, the you know, the last week's stats and I, or last year's stats I think wide receiver is the most shocking because you kind of had these like you had you had the the regulars all in the top twelve at least people who didn't and this is full PPR who who didn't seem like they you know didn't belong overall I guess like Deshaun Jack, Jackson last year was still in there uh, because he always explodes like week one and two and then the rest of them they're all like oh, okay this this kind of makes sense this is who these people would have been uh, for a while but you have to go pretty far down the list. So like the real first surprise, and I think like maybe maybe in the first two weeks, Kenny Galladay being at the 14th wide receiver uh, was at least a good a, a nice surprise. A lot of people liked Kenny Galladay. But then below that, you had like Aguilar up there, uh, it was also surprising. And then Keelan Cole, things like that. But but this year's just been to me is just it it has been so crazy in such a fun way because the wide receiver one through through two weeks is Sammy Watkins, and then you have John Ross, Marquise Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, none of these people were drafted in the first rounds of, of any draft that we've had so far. And you want to, you want to expect the best performances out of your top picks. And I just don't know how to take this yet. I haven't really fully rationalized it because I didn't really put this together until today. But you, like DJ Tark is sixth. You know, Keenan Allen is fifth. It's, uh, you know, how, how are you guys reacting to this? Are you, ma- are you making swift changes? Like this should be, compared to last year and the way that those receivers performed over the rest of the year, there's your household names there. Are you guys making moves or you just think that uh, – I guess my concern is that we're outsmarting ourselves thinking that, like, these receivers can't continue this. I, I think of the top five guys you named, the only move that I'm probably making is, is trying to sell Emmanuel Sanders because I, I don't know if he can sustain that. I mean, I mean, he looks good, but even if he can, if you've got Emmanuel Sanders and you're not a contender, you might as well move him. It doesn't make any sense to keep him. Um, but beyond that – you know, Sammy Watkins, I don't think this is a complete surprise because part of his production has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, Terry Kill is injured. So, uh, you know, I think when Hill comes back, is Sammy going to keep putting up these numbers? And he didn't have the particularly good week too. I don't know. John Ross, also A.J. Green is, is gone. I, I mean, yes, the offense looks better. It's that year, you know, a third-year breakup perhaps, but I don't know. I, I guess I still want to see more with John Ross. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, I, I have a suspicion that I missed on him. So, you know, even if I want to do something about it, I don't think I can. If you have Hollywood Brown, are you going to sell him? I will say, though, with Hollywood Brown, I, I mean, yes, the, the target numbers week two were amazing. But, and maybe this doesn't matter, but Trey, you look at Hollywood Brown on the field, that dude is small. I mean, he's like tiny. <laughs> and I guess maybe it doesn't matter if he gets open and he's so fast. But I don't know. I like, I, 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 I think, and now I, when, I, when I watch some of that game week two, uh, when they played um, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I didn't like Marquise Brown because the guy is, dude is super tiny, but maybe that doesn't matter. So I guess, Will, to answer your question, 
for me, I'm not going to react too strongly one way or the other, other than maybe with Emmanuel Sanders. But I'm definitely intrigued by these guys that are putting the big numbers to see if they can keep doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not overreacting. Um, I'm actually just going to quit fantasy football altogether. Um, no. That's not overreacting all, at all. Nah, nah. <laughs> in all seriousness, I, I definitely think that it's attention getting. That's what I should say. Um, I, I don't, you know, none of these guys are, here's the, here's the dilemma. If you own John Ross or if you don't own John Ross, uh, go down the list, you know, Marquise Brown, DJ Chark, all these guys that have, have had a hot start to their, their year. If you own them, you're not really going to sell them because the likelihood is you're not going to get some ridiculous value for them. People are going to want to get a deal for them. And and you run the risk of selling an asset that hasn't peaked, right? I mean, if you're going to get someone to give you like top 50 startup value for John Ross or top 50 startup value for, you know, any of these other guys, Terry McLaurin or, you know, fill in the blank, then, then yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm all over that. But I just don't think you're going to get that. So I think selling them at this point, you're just not going to maximize your value. And, and my problem with going and buying them right now is you're going to end up paying, you know, people are basically in the same spot as, you know, where you are, if you want to sell them, right, they're going to want to get like a, they want top 50 or top 60 asset type kind of value, the way these guys have exploded off the page to start the season. So I just, I think with these guys that are, massively outperforming expectations the first two weeks you've just got to kind of sit tight and it's funny because I've seen the offers come across my inbox I got an offer the other day of John Ross straight up for DJ Moore and I'm just like come on man I mean I got another offer of Terry McLaurin in a 2022nd for Amari Cooper And I'm, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, maybe there's a world where someone in your league jumps on that. But I just think that it is, it's two weeks. It's a long season. If we're, you know, week four, week five, and these guys are still in the top five and in receiving stats, then I think you're, you're looking at a, a little bit better sample size where you can actually maybe potentially start to, to see a, a, a significant change in value. So I think for now it's just we're we're in the information gathering stages, and I would be pretty cautious making any substantial moves involving these guys that have gotten out to unexpectedly hot starts. On, on the flip side, though, Trey, if you want to roll the dice a little bit, if you have John Ross and you just don't believe that that this is he's going to sustain this, wouldn't now be the time to to sell? I mean, if you're or maybe that's if you're super risk adverse or something. I, I don't know. Like, cause, cause there, you could write a narrative here where now is a perfect time to sell a guy like John Ross, for example, cause maybe AJ green comes back. Maybe these are the best two weeks he's going to have of his career and the wheels are going to fall off. Uh, he, he has injury history. He gets injured. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying I, I buy that, but I think you have to consider the move you need to make. And on the flip side, if you think John Ross is going to skyrocket in value, even though he's had a couple of big games, yeah, you might be buying high, but you might not be. So maybe it depends on the way you play. Well, and I think the key for me is to sell John Ross right now because we let's remember I, we we actually like John Ross coming into the to the NFL, and and um, I think it's Evan Silva who's talked about it this off season, and I've heard him a couple times 
discussing the um, successful punt returners in the college game and ending up being kind of a trait that translates. And you look at, you know, from Tyreek Hill to Antonio Brown to um, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, there's a litany of wide receivers that have been successful returners. And then, you know, you add on top of that the fact that, you know, John Ross has the speed. You know, we also felt like he was a little bit better route runner than people gave him credit for. You know, he's got top 10 draft capital. So I do see a world in which John Ross ends up becoming like a T.Y. Hilton, right, where, where he actually has staying power. Is health potentially a concern? Sure. Am I, I, I don't want to pay that kind of price for him. But unless, like, for instance, if you could turn, if I could turn John Ross into DJ Moore, I would be happy to do that. But I know the reaction that I basically, how I reacted when I got that offer. And so I, I you know, I, I'm not usually the kind of guy to send out those kind of offers. But, you know, if you could, if, if I could add a, you know, a 2023rd to John Ross and get DJ Moore, I would jump all over that. So I guess it depends on what, what you can get for him. What if you could turn John Ross and Drew Sample into Stefan Diggs and Josh Oliver? Oh, my gosh. That's a no-brainer. Well, that, that deal actually went down according to the DLF Trade Finder. <laughs> yeah, that's – that's, <laughs> Here's uh, one. I don't know if this is – I think this is a um, super flex. I like, the Drew, I like the, the Drew Oliver and uh, Sample, like, add in there. Like, those, those, was, that the, was that the tipping point in that deal? I'm very curious about that. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah, isn't that's it? Crazy. We should enjoy this year, though. I, I'm loving the variance. This is why we do what we do, and we want to chat about everything. We always want to, like we, we have our bold, hot, spicy takes. It's what makes them bold and hot, spicy, and that's why we're wrong a lot. But uh, like like Watkins coming out and just you know having a huge first week and doing nothing in the second week, but still being the wide receiver one over two weeks. I think uh, I don't. I, so I I still like DJ more more than John Ross, but I, I don't know if I'd be just like trying to sell John Ross low, you know. I got one for you. Superflex League. This is kind of interesting. Mason Rudolph, John Ross, and a 2022nd for DJ Moore and a 2023rd. Yeah, give me the give me the Rudolphs out of that. Superflex League. Trey, what about that one? So you're not just getting John Ross. Um, you're, you're getting Rudolph and a 2022nd for your DJ Moore and a 2023rd. No, I, I would not. I would I would stay with TJ Moore and the twenty twenty third. I don't Rudolph to me, unless you're in like a forty roster f- spot league, is not really rosterable. I mean, I understand he's gonna be the starting quarterback there, but I, I'd be shocked if he's the starting quarterback there the rest of the year. I mean, I, I think that Ooh, you know that's interesting. Yeah, I, I just I think the Steelers have the ability to compete for that division. And I don't think they can, can compete for that division. If, if, if big Ben's out, I, I would be pretty surprised. Um, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that they already haven't made a move to try to bring in someone that's, a, that's across the league, you know, a, a Tyrod Taylor or, you know, some of these other. Um, so I, I don't, I, I don't see Mason Rudolph being a, long-term asset and and i just, i just still think very very highly of dj Moore. you know it's interesting i, I i'm not big on mason rudolph myself you know he's got small hands he has small hands that's right you knew how did you know he has small hands but that being said the steelers have to because they traded their first round pick for minka fitzpatrick uh so you know they wanted to beef up their secondary man pittsburgh they're owing to but they're all in on this year which i think is, is pretty wild um i don't so, think they really have a choice though like, 
what are they going to rebuild for? I, like, it's, uh, I guess maybe that first round pick doesn't go shoot beforehand. But I, I would be <laughs> really surprised, Trey, on the other end, if, if Mason Rudolph is not the starting quarterback at the end of the year. Like, yeah, does Tyrod Taylor really give them a better shot? Like, I, I, he hasn't played, he hasn't started in a while, and he was terrible. He, like, he brought the Bills to, like, you know, eight and eight. He's, he, you know, I, just, I don't know. When they made that deal for Minka, I, I thought it was going to come out that they also got uh, Fitzmagic in the deal. I, I was thinking that's what happened. I'm like, oh, they traded their first for – I bet it's going to come out they get Minka and they get Brian Fitzpatrick. And that didn't happen, but I thought that would have been interesting had Fitzpatrick gone to – Yeah, and they should go Rosen if they're going to go after somebody like that. Like, I'm surprised the Saints haven't – we haven't seen like a Saints send a third-round pick to Miami for Josh Rosen. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see what Mason Rudolph – I mean, I, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how he performs. Um, I think he can do worse than Big Ben in the first two weeks. He looked bad. He looked real bad. Yeah. Well, I, I'd be shocked. I'd be, I'd be shocked if Mason Rudolph ends up being a long-term option. And maybe he is a starter there throughout the, for the rest of this year. But, you know, he, he's a guy – I don't think I have any shares of him, but he's a guy that if I had shares of and someone wants to, to pay – you know, quasi starting quarterback prices for him, I would be all over it. Like if I could get an early 2022nd for Mason Rudolph right now, I would, I mean, I would be flying to my phone to click the accept button. Is it, is it not the, the, the like Tony Pollard argument in the off season? Like wait till it turns into a 2021st. Well, Mason Rudolph like flashes a couple of weeks. All of a sudden he's worth the first. Versus that, that's you know, you're kind of risking that. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I don't know that um, Mason Rudolph's going to be worth a first, a twenty twenty first. I mean, I don't, I don't know what he, he'd have to have. You know, two pretty ridiculous. I mean, do you think that with what Gardner Minshew is doing, that he's worth a twenty twenty first right now? I mean, it's I, 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 he looks good. Yeah, I, I'm actually a fan, and I know he's the six round pick. Like it's a horrible, horrible uh, deal to make, and I wouldn't. But but is he not worth that? Like, yeah, I don't think he is. And the problem is, I bet if you go ask those Tony Pollard owners right now if they wish they would have sold for a 2022nd, and they're all going to tell you that they w- wish that they had, because yeah, Tony but- Tony Pollard essentially now, I don't think you could get a 2022nd for him, right? But- but all those Eckler owners that sold for a, a twenty twenty second or third are kicking themselves right now, right? Like, sure. I mean, like, you know, what is? It's a good question. What is Austin Eckler worth, guys? I, I mean, I think if you're, uh, you know, a contender, you, you know, or a competitor, you know, well, you know, you hope you're a contender. If you've got Eckler on your team. I think you kind of have to keep him. I guess you don't have to, but like, you get a twenty twenty first right now. You, you got to like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering what he's worth because he's worth more than a second. I think with the numbers he's putting up, I don't know that he's quite worth, worth the first, but if. Yeah. And, and also Trey, I don't think, I don't think you're wrong with your, your it's Rudolph take, by the way, just like the, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry for bouncing around. Cause I do want to. Back to, back to Eckler. I think, I, I mean, you might as well like wait and just start him until you, it figures itself out or unless somebody offers you a first. If, if the, if, so if the Chargers don't draft a running back in the first three rounds of next year, that would just be floored. Yeah. Well, and that's, but that's the thing. This might be your window with Eckler because, you know, he, he's seen a lot of usage and he's not the biggest guy in the world. So what if he breaks in week three or week four, you've, then he loses all his value and you've missed your window. 
Th- He's like the Carlos side of the Niners that when you had like 80 targets. Oh yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. So I don't know what the answer is. Cause it's hard. I mean, if you, if you've got him on contending rosters, you don't want to give him up cause he's going to win you weeks that will allow you to get that buy. And that's that buy is so important, right? In your leagues. I mean, the odds of you winning your league it goes up dramatically if you, if you can get that first round playoff buy. So I don't know. He's a tough guy to, to figure. I mean, I don't know that people are going to be throwing first round picks at you for him anyway, but. I don't know. If someone comes and they offer you first, you got to think strong and hard about that, right? Long and hard about it. Strong and hard. Strong and hard, too. But <laughs> yeah, if I, if, real, I, if I got a 20. I'm going to be strong about this. <laughs> if, if, I got a, if I got an offer of a 2020 first, super flex or non super flex, I know we always kind of uh, you know, assume super flex, but if I'm getting an offer of a 2020 first for Austin Eckler right now, I, I'm going to have to take it. I mean, I, I just. I don't see a world in which, you know, again, he had a monster, monster week one. Uh, and I know that he had a, a pretty solid, I know he's got, you know, almost 300 all purpose yards, but you know, this, this chief's team is in a little bit of trouble, right? I mean, they struggled to beat Indianapolis in week one and they lost to Detroit in week two. They, they play Houston here in week three, and then they go to, to Miami in week four. Uh, you know, they're staring down. If they're, if they're, if they're one and two after this week, I have to imagine that, you know, they're, you know, picking up the phone and, and trying to get Melvin Gordon in. And, and I, I understand that Austin Eckler, from a fantasy perspective, has, you know, done well. But I think, Ryan, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I don't know that he can, can uh, last for a 16-game season, you know, getting the kind of touches that he's getting right now. You know, I think between rushes and receptions, he's over already over, over 40 touches through two games and I just don't know how sustainable that is you're talking about a guy that I think had like 140 touches all of last year so um, you know is he gonna even be able to to stand up to that and if he doesn't if he gets hurt later on in the year I mean th- this is a small window right this is a, this is the classic win now you know this is the classic like I am not going out you know, if, if I'm if I'm a contender and I'm going to give my 2020 first for a running back, it's not going to be, you know, <laughs> a, a, an Austin Eckler type. Right. So if, if I'm on the flip side of that and, and I'm not really a contender or I feel like I could, you know, I'm in the middle of the road and need to kind of move one way or the other and I have a 2020 first offered for my Austin Eckler, I'm going to I'm going to be all over that. And you're probably in good shape, too, because you started Austin Eckler for two weeks. and He's the best skill position player Outside of quarterbacks right now, just crushing points. I'd be 2-0. Well, I have a league where I started Mitch Trubisky week one uh, and Austin Eckler, so I didn't quite get that week one victory, but yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you start like a high school quarterback. Yeah, I should have known. I was fooled coming in the year. I was was tricked. I I, I bought in. I bought in. You're trick-biskied. I was (laughs) trick-biskied. I like that. (laughs) All right. Um. Okay, I want to get back to the quarterback thing. And what are these, you know, instant starters worth all of a sudden? So you've got a guy like uh, like Minshew that we're seeing tonight um, on Thursday night, uh, who's putting up, you know, some decent numbers. I mean, not 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 a world beater, but a super. I'm talking about superflex leagues, of course. Then you've got Mason Rudolph, and we're not sure what he's going to be, but he looked okay coming in to sub for Big Ben week two. So. What are those guys worth? What are quarterbacks worth in Superflex leagues now? Like like low end quarterbacks with all the carnage we saw uh, week two because we're we're down Breeze, Big Ben, Cam Newton. Guys, I have some serious concerns about Cam Newton. Um, 
and it's going to keep happening. And we're probably gonna lose a few more quarterbacks here and there as the year goes on. And yeah. you've, you've got guys that you might've wanted to play like Mitch Trubisky. You can't rely on him. So you got some duds guys that we thought would at least be okay. So what about these guys that can put up some okay floor numbers for you at QB two, theoretically, aren't they worse at least a first in a super flex league? So, so Trey on, on your last regular episode, I'm, I'm coming after you right now. What do you think about Jameis Winston having Jameis Winston having twenty point three points, and then Garner Minshew having thirty three point seven through the first two weeks? What's your concern level on famous Jameis? Yeah, I mean it's definitely a, there. There's a definitely a major concern there with with Winston, and I've already seen you know the, just today a uh, someone posted one of my league chats where. Uh, a, a way too early <clears throat> 2020 mock has the Bucks at pick 10 or 12 taking a quarterback in next year's draft, which I don't think is unreasonable. You know, again, I think it's too early. It is, you know, like we talked about this last week with Corey Davis, right? I own a lot of Corey Davis. I'm not really completely panicking on Corey Davis and I'm not really completely panicking on Jameis Winston. However, if I were in a startup right now, if I were doing a startup for the 2020 season right now, Jameis Winston's a guy that I'm not touching. Um, you know, I, I would take Matthew Stafford over him. I, I would, I would, there's a, there's quite a few quarterbacks I'd be willing to take the chance on, you know, I'd be, I'd be leaping to take any of last year's rookies over him, you know, Jackson, Darnold, Allen, um, even Baker, who's awful. <laughs> So yeah, Winston, that's concerning. And, and, and obviously, you know, he's got all the talent in the world, but if he can't put it together, it, it doesn't mean anything. So there, there's definitely some, some legitimate concern there. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's a two week sample size. It's a brand new offense. And I think that, you know, he certainly could still come around. I mean, the, the team's one and one. I do think it's going to be, uh, very interesting to see how his season goes. And, uh, you know, they, I had the, there's a couple leagues I have him in, and I'm actually kind of a borderline to potential, you know, title contender in those leagues. And, and I'm seriously, now that there's a couple other teams that have quarterback needs, I'm, I'm really tempted to try to sell him. So, you know, Winston's probably the high end of these like lower tier quarterbacks, but, but Trey, what if you're going to try to sell him? What do you want to get for Winston? What's your, what, what's Oh man, your I probably don't Flacco plus <laughs> it, it depends on what my needs would be. I would probably have to get a 2020 first plus, I mean, I'd have to probably get a 2020 first and it, it's probably one of the few exceptions where I would probably sell a quarterback without getting a quarterback back or quarterback in return. If I could get Daniel Jones plus, I probably would make that move depending on what the plus was. If I could get something that was like a, uh, you know, somewhere in the sixth, seventh, eighth round startup valuation on top of Jan Daniel Jones, that's probably a little rich, maybe a top 100 player, um, you know, on, on top of Daniel Jones, I'd probably be pretty tempted to make that move. Um, if I could get a 2020 first that I expect to be late plus another, guy that I still believe in a uh, you know Rashad Penny Royce Freeman someone that maybe people are a little down on that that may be a bit a bit rich as well um I'll have to admit I'm, I'm honestly not the best at just coming up with off the cuff um trade 
offers, but I would, I would be willing to sell him probably for, you know, 75 cents on the dollar right now. No, that's fair. I just wanted like a, I think it's a good reference. Yeah. I just wanted a ballpark idea. Will, what about you? What about a guy um, like a Mason Rudolph, a Gardner Minshew, these types of guys that they're going to play, you know, most, if not all the rest of the season and a, a, a owner comes to you, they're desperate. They need a second quarterback. What are you looking to get for guys like that? Well, what, one, somebody's desperate for a quarterback. Uh, I'm looking at my chops and if they're coming to me for that. That's a big mistake by them because why would I sell them anything to benefit their team and then decrease my chances, you know, on, on the league standings. But uh, so to me, like, one, I'm actually really impressed by Gardner Minshew and just his, his poise when he's on the Jaguars. Like, they're just winning the game tonight. Like, that's I, – I, I don't know. Like, this is a, a great story that, that's unfolding before us, and let's, let's hope he, he really succeeds and does well. And then with Mason Rudolph, with the way that Big Ben was playing the first two weeks, in my uh, such high opinion of James Conner, I think Big Ben played horribly the first two weeks. And it, in all honesty, like, watching those games. And so – this is this is kind of going on like a longer take with it, but uh, he there's no there's nothing saying that Mason Rudolph can't like finish out the year with that offensive line, uh, those those skill position players, and then an increase in what they can do on defense with Mika Fitzpatrick. Let's just say he integrates well. Uh, I, I mean, he could finish as a nice like you know QB like a top twenty QB like relatively easy in my mind. So I guess at the end of the day, if they're coming to me. Uh, and I have one of those guys. I don't know. I'm just waiting for. I, I just like. Why not hold out? To me, it's like. What? Why not hold out for more? Like in, in a super flex league, depending on the size, I, I covet quarterbacks pretty heavily. So, I'm I'm probably holding out for, let's say a second at worst, first at best, maybe a second plus like a, you know, like a Mark Ingram or something like that. Uh, yeah, because I think a guy like Mason Rudolph. I I, I agree with that. I, I agree that he could you know, be a mid-range quarterback too for your Superflex team. There, there's a world where that could happen. I think you, I think it's worth more than a 2022nd, but probably less than a 2021st. So you have to figure out if you want a 2022nd plus, or maybe you have another need, like a, you know, lower end running back or wide receiver. But I, I think it's interesting. And I think that you're right. You, and it depends on your leagues. I know Superflex leagues are varied and people value quarterbacks differently, but that's a valuable asset you have in your hands. You know, guys like Minshew, Guys like Jacoby Brissett, you know, these guys are, are worth something because they're starters each week for, for most of the teams in your league. Maybe for you, they're a QB three or four, but for someone else, that's, um, that's, a, that's a player that they could use and need to get the playoffs. So anyway, it's, it's a fun conversation. It's like if you had a stacked roster, but only Drew Brees and Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterbacks. And then there's you know, <laughs> No, you don't have any rosters like that, Will, do you? <laughs> In a 14 team league where quarterbacks are super cheap, it's a fun experience. You know what the play <laughs> is probably right now, to be honest, as I think about it? And and, and it may you may not be able to pull it off, but especially on the heels of this performance by Gardner Minshew tonight, if I could turn Gardner Minshew into Dwayne Haskins, I'm like all over that move. Or if I can if I can take Mason Rudolph. Um, or, or even like a Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, any of these quarterbacks that were signed by their NFL teams to be backups, if I can add even a little something to them to get uh, Dwayne Haskins, I'm all over it. 
if I could, if I could add a little something to them to get Daniel Jones, I, I think that's probably a little tougher. Um, I'd, I'd be all over that because I, I think that, you know, I mean, people were spending the 105 to 107 on Dwayne Haskins and feeling like it was quite decent value. And I know it sounds crazy, but I mean, the way that Case Keenum has looked there in Washington so far, I really do think that there's a possibility that Dwayne Haskins, the, the, the shine has already started to come off a little bit. So, yeah, we, we have very, very short memories as, as fantasy dynasty fantasy players. And so um, I, I would love to see what could get done on, on what you'd have to add to a, a, a Minshew or a, uh, uh, I can't even Mason think of his name Rudolph. now, Mason Rudolph to, to get to a Dwayne Haskins. I think it depends on that team situation. Like how do they acquire that player? If they're just they're just a, a, like a constant loser, <laughs> you're gonna have to add a lot. What about Matt Stafford? Do you think you could get get from one of those guys up to a guy like Matt Stafford pretty easily? I mean, you you think you could add like a twenty twenty second? Probably not, huh? No, I, mean, that, no. I don't think so. You know, believe it or not, Stafford. Do you know his rank, Trey? If you look at oh, I'm sure he's probably top ten. He is top ten. The the yeah. list I'm looking at, they have him at number five. Which yeah, is no, no, no. I knew he was yeah. having a decent year, but man, number five—that's wild. Yeah, and that'll settle out some, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. He's not going to finish there. He, but but he, he's he's probably a bad example because he's gotten off to that hot of a start. He's not a top ten quarterback. I mean, but he—I—I I, I mean, you know—he we we talked about him several times, and and uh, this off season he was just being completely tossed aside. Um, so. But yeah, I, I think that there, there's going to be real opportunities. The the problem with guys like that is is you just don't see many examples historically of backup quarterbacks who have won a starting job that it ended up becoming franchise quarterbacks, right? Um, so obviously, you know, Tom Brady is is one shining example. But you know, as we all, you know, you Tom Brady and Antonio Brown can't be the examples that you turn to when you talk about scenarios like this and look at draft capital. Um, and so I, I really do think that that's where, when you, when you get someone like Gardner Minshew, you know, comes in and he looks good. I mean, heck, Blake Bortles had a, you know, quasi MVP level season, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's possible for these guys to, to, you know, have some production early on in their career. And so I, I just think that, longevity wise you know guys like Rudolph and Minshew just don't really have staying power and so when you get a real true spike in their value it's a great opportunity to cash in because let's just be honest if the fantasy playoffs show up how comfortable are you really starting one of these guys as your quarterback right I mean just having a starting quarterback sometimes I think is a little overvalued um and because, you know, unless you've got guys that are really putting up because you, you know, you, t- we talked about it with you off the air, right? There's situations where you're like, I mean, do I want to start, uh, you know, the, the, um, was it Kyle Allen that's going to be starting for the Panthers? Yeah. Or do I start Matt Breida? You know, so just, yeah, because, right. just because the quarterback's starting doesn't necessarily mean you are happy to have them in your, in your starting lineup in Superflex. Yeah. Probably Kyle Allen though in that scenario. He's one of one quarterbacks, not one of three running backs. But uh, I'm really excited for Menchu, though. Are you guys not? 
No, no, I think it's awesome. I love this. I love the story. It's fun. And, and I was able to pick him up in some leagues and um, I, I'm going to take Trey's advice and try to flip him if I can. <laughs> Cause I think other people will be excited about him too. And um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's like, this is the kind of story you want to, you know, you want to capitalize on. I mean, obviously if you picked up Minshew and you're down to say, Philip Rivers and Minshew's your QB two in a Superflex league. You really can't, set, you know, trade him. But if you were you were just bidding on him to be competitive off of waivers, and he's your quarterback four or five, yeah, you might you should you should capitalize. You should sell him because do we really think Minshew's going to be like the future in Jacksonville? I just I don't see it. But uh, so what happens when Minshew Minshew leads leads the Jaguars to a Super Bowl victory, and they make a statue out of him out front? but then Foles is the starting QB. Does the whole story come full circle? Oh, that would be too great. That'd be too great. And they play the Patriots, you know, in the, in the Super Bowl. It would be yeah. awesome. And they run a, they run Surely a, from- ja- ja- Jackie, Jackie. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> yeah. Jackie, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And, run Jackie, Jackie. Yeah, let's do it. Jackie, Jackie. He's, he's like grabbing his mustache <laughs> for the hug it. Just, just purely from a, from a fan's perspective, like I'm pulling for Gardner Minshew. I, I mean, I think his, you know, the, the, the aura around him already around the NFL and, you know, with the mustache and that, the outfit that he wore. And uh, have you guys seen the, there's a picture circulating around Twitter today with some facts about Gardner Minshew. Have you guys, did you guys see that? It was, it was pretty pretty incredible um, I'll have to try and pull it up well one of them was that I think his grandfather wanted to name him Beowulf yeah I saw that <laughs> I heard that before yeah and uh, no I mean it was legit facts so anyway I, I do I do I, I'm pulling for him you know I, I hope I'm wrong I hope that you know I, I'd, I'd love for him next offseason going into next season for him to be a top top five or six round you know super flex startup pick that'd be fantastic um, I, I don't, if I, if I were a betting man, I, I would not be putting my money on that happening, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not hating on, on the, on the chew. I'm, I'm definitely pulling for him. I also think we should give some credit. This, this Tennessee defense is good. And, and the Jaguar, you know, the, they took this game home that, and they only scored in the fourth quarter. So kudos to the Jaguars after being like broken on in every way, shape and form, you know, coming back and taking this game. Yeah, AFC South, baby, it's wide open. You know, you're nobody guess, wants to win it. It's like it's like it's like <laughs> it's like a it's like the Starlack from uh, Star Wars. Like who's who's the last one that falls in? Yeah, and the Jaguars almost beat the the Titans last week. Uh, I'm sorry, the Texans. <laughs> yeah, it's a two point conversion. The, yeah, I mean, they, if had, had they converted that, then they would have won that game. And that wasn't that game in Houston. So, I mean, I, I, I think yes, that – Yes, I was nodding my head yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what happens. Um, wow, Marcus Mariota got sacked nine times. Oops. Well, when they have the wide receiver one in, in DJ Shark, it's just nuts. Hmm. It's, 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 uh, yeah. DJ Shark has to be the, the surprise of the season besides uh, John Ross. I don't know. It's just wide receiver – projecting wide receivers – is a fantasy analyst, like let's say a hardcore fantasy analyst, you have to be just like ripping out your hair this year. This is, has to be horrible. Yeah, we should reach out to Peter Howard and see how he's doing these days. 
Um, <laughs> okay. I, this is interesting because if you look at the schedule too, the other AFC South teams, you've got the Colts hosting the Falcons, not an easy game for the Colts. I, I mean, I think they're probably, I don't see the line here, but they're probably favored, but that's no gimme. And then you have the Texans going to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. So I could see both of those AFC South teams losing and we would have everyone at one and two. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Also, also fun stat of the night. Uh, Leonard Fournette's long run was 69 yards. His total nice. overall was 66 yards on 15 carries. <laughs> oh, Honestly, oh. it, it makes me angry. Because you know my you know my favoritism towards King Leo. But yeah. come on. Hey, guys, we should probably aim towards wrapping up the show. But before we do, we haven't really touched on the tight end position. And I just want to see if you guys have any thoughts. Because that's also an interesting list to look at. You've got Mark Andrews, your number one tight end on top. And, you know, Kelsey and Ingram, not surprises. Although Ingram came down to earth a little bit week two. Uh, still leads – no, he's second in all tight ends with uh, with 22 targets. Zach Ertz has 23 targets, but he's tight in 12. That's interesting. Uh, TJ Hawkinson still on the top of the board, but he didn't have a very good week, too. How do you guys feel about Hawk? Is this like a window to buy TJ Hawkinson since he didn't have a great week, too? Or um, I, I mean, I don't think that someone that owns him that had him at week one and he blew up is going to like all of a sudden want to like sell him week two. But I don't know. What, what do we think? Or Will Disley? <laughs> Is it time to invest in Will Disley? Probably not. But any any thoughts on the tight end position? In general? Yeah, I think that it's a. I think that it is a. F- fire up your tight ends against the Arizona Cardinals kind of year, <laughs> yeah, and I and I and I really mean that. Um, I, I do think. I I don't think you can buy. I don't think any any T.J. Hawkinson owner first of all, invested pretty decent draft capital in him likely. And after that week one explosion, you know, they are still over the moon. So I don't think you're getting even a slight discount on TJ Hawkinson after disappearing in weeks two. Um, I I do think that, um, you know, it's interesting, Mark Andrews, um, man, it almost makes me wonder, you know, if if he's a guy that you try to maybe even sell high on. And, And I know that, Many people kind of expected him to really come onto the scene this year, but I think he's taken advantage of two of the worst defenses in the NFL and, and one defense that, you know, was gouged by uh, an NFL rookie making his first start in, in Hawkinson in week one. So I, I do think that, you know, being the overall tight end one, there, there's, you know, a world where he doesn't end the season as the overall tight end one, right? Can we agree with <laughs> I mean, oh, he, his first touchdown he, catch was from RG3. Yeah. I mean, he's, 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 he's and, ridiculous. And that, that catch against he, that he made against Arizona, I mean, it was like he was wide open. He just – he could have, like, crawled into the end zone. I mean, it was uh, like – it was like oh, – I, I mean, he looked, good, he looked good in that game, but that touchdown catch that he had, it was just like – he was uncovered. His snap percentage just hit, like, 56% in the last game. His first game was, like, 36. And he was playing in the fourth quarter – do you think you could turn Mark Andrews into OJ Howard without adding much on top? Right I now? do. I do. I mean, yes. I, that, that's a move that I would make all day long. Like, well, I, and I wouldn't even think about twice OJ about Howard, it. What's, What's that? that? Why, are we, why aren't we more worried about OJ Howard? Well, it's because it's a two-game sample size, and he's a first-round tight end. And, I mean, 
uh, you know, I, I think that, and, and Arians even came out this week and said the balls are coming for, for OJ Howard. So I, I think that, you know, again, uh, you know, if I could turn Mark Andrews into OJ Howard, I would be very interested in, in making a move like that. Um, as far as, you know, long-term production, I, I think that Mark Andrews had kind of the perfect storm to start his season going up against the Dolphins and the Cardinals. And yeah, so, I agree, Trey. I just can't believe Mark Andrews was playing in the fourth quarter with RG3 at quarterback against the Dolphins. Like, they clearly didn't care about his long-term health. Hey, Trey, Mark Andrews for Leonard Fournette. You make that deal? Are you two tight end league? It is a tight end a league. You can start one, two, two tight ends. I don't know the scoring. I don't see it here. Man, I yeah, I I would have to take Fournette in that. Will, what about you? <laughs> Mark Andrews versus Leonard Fournette, or yeah. OJ Howard versus Leonard Fournette? No, Andrews for Fournette. That's the deal. No, Leonard Fournette. He said six catches tonight. That, that's a that's a real deal that happened two days ago. That better so, be like uh, uh, six points per reception for tight end. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, well, I, I, unfortunately, I can't. Receptions from backup quarterbacks matter. The, actually, so actually I you know what? I can't. I can't look. The, I'll go in the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I traded in a redraft league. Mark Andrews for uh, Rashad Penning just now because I have uh, I have Travis Kelsey and I was like, okay, I think that after Chris Carson's fumbles, this matters. I mean, he's just not going to play in my flex. And there's there's been a lot of hubbub. I've gotten like some text messages about it tonight. And I get that I'm, I'm a, I might be losing value, but there's, there's just like I have no belief that this will continue. And the whole Ravens offense, though, I have no belief that it'll continue. It must be nice to start against the Dolphins and Cardinals. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out against that, the mighty Chiefs defense this weekend, no doubt about that. No, just kidding. We won't. But uh, this league, I looked at the settings, and there's, it's not a tight end premium league. So it's just, it was just Mark Andrews for Leonard Fournette. Um, just wow. kind of your standard, you know, PPR league. At least get Austin Eckler. It just and don't give me – No, I'm sorry, Trey. Just goes to show you, like, yeah, a guy that blows up, Mark Andrews, you're looking at that, he's the tight – he's a tight end one after two weeks. Trey, you can get that. You can probably trade Mark Andrews for OG Howard plus, I think, in some leagues. Yeah, and, and that's a move I would try to make. I mean, I – even Noah fan, you know, if I could, if I had Mark Andrews and I'm not a serious contender, I would go and I would try to trade Mark Andrews for Noah fan and like an early 2022nd um, or, or see, I mean, I, I would, I would definitely try to capitalize on, I, I mean, heck Mark Andrews is a guy that was in waivers in a lot of leagues. As a matter of fact, in league of ballers, I picked him up in, in the first, the, the, the first preseason set of waivers that ran and, and I spent, I think 30 or $40 of our hundred dollars of fab on him. Um, but he's kind of, I mean, I've got, um, I've got Evan Ingram and I've got uh, Jimmy Graham in that league as my tight ends. And so he's kind of a luxury. So that that's probably a league where I need to start looking at sending out some offers. Um, I, and again, I, what I was going to say earlier, Ryan was, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I like Mark Andrews. I, I think that Mark Andrews is a, is a top 15 dynasty tight end. Um, I, I certainly think that he is an asset to be valued. I'm not poo-pooing him. I'm not. My, my perspective on Andrews at tight end isn't the same as, as my perspective on Rudolph or Minshew at quarterback. I, I think he's got staying power. I just think that he is, you know, being viewed in a really, really elite light right now. And there was a lot of hype coming into the season surrounding Mark Andrews, right? I think there was a lot of talk about him and a lot of hype in camp, you know, saying how he was like the, 
you know, the, the most dynamic pass catching weapon in that offense. And so I think that there's a real, a real opportunity just to cash in on people overvaluing him. Oh yeah. I think, I think that's really fair too. And I, I don't, I think we're all probably in the same boat. I, I like Mark Andrews a lot as well, but do I think he is the tight end one in all of dynasty that it's going to play out that way this year? No, I, I don't think that. So I, I yeah, I, I just think that it, it makes sense. You just have to look at, at his, what he's done in context and you know, just, like I said, that, that Arizona game, I mean, Arizona has just given up two huge performances to tight ends, that tight, that touchdown catch, man, it just, he was just wide open. I mean, uh, you know, the, the three of us probably could have made that play. Well, mm, you guys, I couldn't have, but, but you know I what I'm saying? I dropped it on purpose. I didn't want to get hit. <laughs> That's right. I'd be like, no, someone could tackle No chances. Me. Don't give me the ball. But anyway. Um, all right, guys. Any other thoughts about any, any other players, any moves you're going to make? Uh, we, we should probably wrap this thing up. And... I don't know. By James Conner. <laughs> By James Conner. Yeah, and Michael Thomas probably. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is I'm a marriage, depending on their feeling about that. Like, so in a league that I'm in, so it's eight, you know, points per or eight yards per point for receptions. Just no like PPR or anything. And then you know, there's the standard for everything else. Uh, Michael Thomas got traded for Austin Eckler. Is this a dynasty out. league? No, I just redraft. Oh. oh, I could kind of see that though because. With with Breeze being out for a good bit of the season, I mean, you know, I I, I don't I think Michael Thomas takes a significant hit. Uh, now Alvin Kamara, I, I think you know doesn't take as much of a hit, but you know Alvin Kamara is just fa- he has zero touchdowns, right? He's just facing that, you know, after scoring what 18, 18 touchdowns last year, or right. did he have even more than that? You know, I think he was kind of headed for some regression. Of course, you know, everyone said that about him after his first year, and it didn't happen, but. Um, I, I think Kamara's got a little bit better outlook over this next, you know, four to six game stretch with Breeze out than than Michael Thomas does. But I could see that in redraft. Dynasty, there's no way, but in redraft, I, I think that that seems fairly reasonable, to be honest. Such a weird year. It is. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if we're still in this same situation, uh, it, you know, two or three more weeks from now, it's going to be full blown kind of panic. Like, I mean, certainly a, uh, a curious start to the season. Yeah. Like, let's so like last year, RB 15 full PPR after two weeks was Buck Allen. <laughs> Buck Allen. You know, like, Good old like, Buck I feel Allen. like that was a guy that like, I was I actually kind of like Buck Allen, like athletic and catch passes, horrible choice to like him. <laughs> You know, like, still this year, though, good old Larry Fitzgerald. I wish he would never retire. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah, he is He, he is getting, getting some work in Arizona. And, yeah, I mean, he's going to end up at least a wide receiver, two this year, it appears, unless, you know, barring injuries. So, all right, guys, final thoughts. Will, you got any final thoughts before I turn over to Trey? Oh, yeah. Uh, Trey, it's been a pleasure. You brought us together. I uh, really appreciate the friendship that we've been able to grow. I talk to you guys more than I do most of my, like a lot of other regular friends. You become family to me. And we don't miss you, but it's not like we're still not going to talk. You know, we just won't be doing the show. We don't be doing the show sheets. We won't lose you as a friend, but uh, I, I get where you're coming from because it is a little bit of work. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of fun that goes along with it. 
But, uh, you know, you know, family comes first. Your job comes first. Going to school comes first. But uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like we're going to miss you being live on the show, but I don't think I'm going to lose you as a friend. So it's, it's, it's bittersweet in, in the sense of, like, I feel safe enough that we will still talk moving forward, and that means a lot to me. So, Dre, love you, man. Yeah, and I said it earlier, Trey. I think, well, that was well said. I feel the exact same way. So this is, yes, the end of you being a weekly regular on the Fancy Joes, but certainly you will be a daily. That's something real special. Regular. What? <laughs> did, did I get cut off? <laughs> I think I got uh, cut off from the recording. Yeah, I got I got fine. cut off. I got cut off. Um, anyway, I think my computer caught what I was saying. Anyway. I echo what Will says. I have to say it again. <laughs> if you being a regular on the Fancy Joes weekly, but you're still going to be a regular in our lives and we love you. And uh, yeah. So uh, final thoughts, Trey. Send us home, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it. I love you guys. And, and I'll definitely, definitely going to miss the, the banter week in and week out. Um, I think it'll make, make it even more sweet when I, when I do have the opportunity to come back on. And, and obviously this isn't the end of, of our friendship or, or end of the, the Joes, um, the three of us. So, you know, I, I think that it'll, uh, it'll all be good, man. It, it'll all work out in the end. And I think that we'll have some, uh, many, many great times still ahead. Um, obviously we'll, we're interacting throughout the week. And so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, definitely bittersweet. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, kind of, kind of bummed, but, um, I, I know it's the right decision and, I look forward to, to recording with you guys. I, I figure probably the off season will be a good a good time to, to pop in occasionally. And, and who knows? Maybe maybe once you know 2019 uh, sobers up a little bit, and uh, you know I can can pop back in in a few weeks, and we, we can actually talk about uh, a, a, a real you know NFL season. All right, all right. With that, um, on behalf of Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. We are the Fancy Joes. Talk to you later. What is Deadman ever died, Delaney Walker? <laughs> <laughs>